What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Big Blue in the Bronx podcast. Be sure to hit that like button, comment, and subscribe. Turn on post notifications so you know when the live stream pops to your drops. Appreciate y'all coming back. And I also appreciate and just love the influx of new subscribers we're getting. We're at 830. Hopefully, we can get to 900 by the end of 2022. So we got about, uh, let's see, I'm recording this on a Friday. We got about 15 and a half days left till 2023 share do all the good stuff i appreciate you guys obviously i've been popping out content left and right with carlos Rodon being signed and all these different things happening with the yankees and of course the giants have played a, a really big factor in that as well so i'm uh, gonna switch some things up for today obviously we faced the commanders before we're gonna go a little bit into that game uh, in the interview with talking sports with manny aka emmanuel chakuba and then also top performers from last game instead of just consecutively going by all oh, the stats and, you know, uh, Taylor Heineke's got this many yards in the season. I mean, we saw them two weeks ago. They haven't played a game since. So it's really pointless just to go over that stuff. Uh, just say, okay, this guy had an impact on the game and he had two sacks, three quarterback hits, just for example. But... <sighs> As of right now, the New York Giants are the seventh seed. Washington is a tiebreaker because they won against Philly and we didn't. So they have a better in-division record than we do. We have not beaten a rival. That would change a lot of things on Sunday and over the course of the next few weeks if we did beat Washington. And as of right now, I don't know if I remarked on this before, but even if we lose Sunday, we're still in. But I think this game has to be a sense of urgency. You have to, if you're the Giants, you have to feel a sense of urgency for this game. You have to. Um, not just, oh, it's prime time and all this sort of stuff. I mean, you'll be on prime time in the playoffs, so it's not necessarily, you know, the first time you could be on prime time. But at the end of the day, man. This is a game where you're cementing yourself going to the playoffs. The Giants need to go out there and control their own destiny. Obviously, Seattle lost. That's a big help. Next week, they play the Chiefs. That's a big help as well. But we play the Vikings. And I don't not... I, I, I almost said donut. I do not think we're winning that game. I don't think we're winning that game. going to be completely honest. Maybe they do pull it out. But it's going to be a tough one uh, in Minnesota. But... Uh, the Lions, they play the Jets, and if you're a Giants fan, yes, you have to root for Zach Wilson and the Jets in order to try to elevate the Giants into the playoffs. Yeah, um, but this this is the game the Giants have to win, in my opinion, to control their own destiny. Because you could still lose against Minnesota, you could still lose against the Eagles, and I think, you know, beat the Colts, and you're in the playoffs. But they have to win this game first. And this is a big stage, right? Saquon Barkley, Daniel Jones, some of these other guys we have on the roster. This is where they need to shine. This is where they need to shine. If they want some sort of a contract extension, this is where they need to shine. Um, obviously, Saquon Barkley hasn't been listed on the injury report, which is a good thing. Um, let's go to the injury report real quick. So, Joshua Zudu, Shane Lemieux, and Adoree Jackson are all out. Zudu with a neck. Lemieux with a toe, and Adoree Jackson with a knee injury. He looked good uh, in a little bit of the portion of practice Friday, but 
maybe it's more towards going towards the Vikings game or maybe even the Colts game uh, that he plays. Shane Lemieux, I think they should just shelve him. I mean, he's uh, unhealthy and active every week. So I think they should just you know, shelve him, put him on IR, maybe use it for a different position. But at the same time, uh, you do need seven inactives before every game. And uh, hopefully Josh Azudu comes back because I think that could shake up this O-line. Uh, in a good way, you know, you put Azudu at left guard, maybe Bredesen at right guard, who has the potential to return. Uh, the Giants have to activate him by 4 p.m. on Saturday for him to be eligible to play. And I just really hope that they, you know, mix up that offensive line and just keep it that way maybe for the rest of the season where you have Thomas, you have Bredesen, you have Gates, you have uh, Glowinski, and then you have Evan Neal. You can't have Feliciano out there. I mean, PFF and all these different analytics sites love Feliciano for some reason. He's not good. He's not good. And it's just a net negative to have him in the lineup. Richie James, questionable with a concussion. Same thing for Jihad Ward. They're expected to play. Leonard Williams, questionable with a neck. Nick McLeod, questionable with an illness. And Daniel Bellinger, questionable with a rib injury. Look at the commanders real quick. Cam Sims is questionable with a back injury. Benjamin St. Juicy, he is questionable with an ankle injury. Chase Young, questionable with a knee injury. And also, F.A. Obata, he's questionable with a finger injury. But Sadiq Charles is the only one that is out. So, Chase Young, right? We're going to be seeing him for the first time in a year, I think. First time in a year we'll be seeing Chase Young on the field against the New York Giants. And, you know, the last time we saw him, obviously, was uh, when we played them on primetime. There's that football. All that sort of stuff happens. So it's going to be an interesting game. Let's take a look at the stats uh, for the New York Giants. 23rd in total yards per game. 28th in passing offense. 6th in rushing offense. 20th in points per game. Defensively, 26th in total yards per game. 17th in... Passing defense, 29th against the run, 20th in points per game. Look at the offensive analytics, 27th in pass percentage, 6th in run percentage, 28th in pass percentage on first down, and 6th in run percentage on first down. Uh, defensive analytics, 1st in blitz percentage, 6th in pressure percentage, which is really good analytically, and 19th in sacks. Look at the commanders, 21st in total yards per game, 23rd in passing offense, 14th in rushing offense, 25th in points per game, defensively fourth in total yards per game, eighth against the pass, ninth against the run, and tenth in points per game. You look at the offensive analytics, 22nd in pass percentage, 11th in run percentage, 25th in pass percentage on first down, and 11th in run percentage on first down. And then defensive analytics, 19th in blitz percentage, 5th in pressure percentage, and 12th in sacks. So things to look for. I think it's going to be low scoring, kind of like last game. That's what everybody predicted, you know, if anyone really had the last game against the Commanders as high scoring, I don't know what you were thinking, but in my opinion, in terms of things to look for, it's going to be a ground and pound type game. That's what it's going to be. Um, Brian Robinson, I have a feeling, is going to lead the charge. I don't know where Gibson is in terms of his injury. It's been two weeks, so I would assume that he's fully rested. But, you know, they pounded the rock with him last time. And they had success against the New York Giants. So stick to what works. And in terms of the Giants, it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough trying to do a ground pound. I mean, they're obviously a very solid um, 
run defense. But my thing also is this. They've been watching us for two weeks. Daniel Jones obviously didn't run a ton last week. The week before when we faced him, he ran 12 times for like 72 yards or something like that. So he definitely has tape to be studied by the Washington Commanders. Now, will the Giants use Gary Brightwell? Will they use Matt Breida? That's a question that the Giants need to answer. Maybe that's in the questions to answer. Maybe no. Maybe maybe it is. Maybe it isn't. Find out later. Um, but... It's going to be interesting to see what Mike Kafka can dial up on offense, what the offensive coaching staff can dial up, because guess what, folks? Uh, the Giants are on tape, and they've been studying us for two weeks. So um, I guess it would be disappointing for Commanders fans if they did lose this game, knowing they're off of a bye, and the last team they played was the Giants. So you look at players to watch. I'll specifically just go off of last game's performances um, you know, Chase Young obviously is a player to watch. He didn't play last game. Um, Benjamin St. Justy, he's actually improved at the corner position. I'm going to real quickly pull up his stats off the pro football reference site. This year, St. Justy, 44.1 completion percentage allowed, which is really good. 82.5 passer rating. He has no interceptions. He's given up three touchdowns, though. So, um, obviously, a really low completion percentage. It's given up 14.5 yards per completion, 6.4 per target. So, you know, there's some wiggle room there. But obviously, it's going to be up to our wide receivers to separate. It's going to be up to Mike Kafka to create concepts to get them open. And then, you know, obviously, it all starts with the running game. That's what it's going to start with this game, whether you're a Commanders fan or you're a New York Giants fan. And I think it's also going to be about time of possession. Time of possession, obviously, something we really didn't eclipse last game. Um, it was more in the favor of the Commanders, I believe, when we played them in the overtime game. I think they had 41 minutes of time of possession, which, um, not good. Not a recipe for success. So, Taylor Heineke, last game, 27-41, 275 yards and two touchdowns. Had a good passer rating. QBR was very good. He also took five sacks, which, once again, another thing to look for. Pressure on the quarterback, right? They don't blitz a ton, but they know how to get there with their front four. Now, is Chase Young going to be 100%? I have no idea. Montez Sweat, surprisingly, did not impact the last game like I thought he would. But it's going to be from that two set of defensive interiors, you know, Deron Payne and Jonathan Allen. They're going to definitely, you know, probably get one sack each, if I'm being completely honest with myself and with you guys. Um, as for their running game, Brian Robinson had 21 carries for 96 yards, so 4.6 yards per carry, which is really good. Um, they pounded the rock with him. Antonio Gibson only got nine carries, 39 yards. Obviously, he was coming off an injury, so they wanted to limit Gibson. And, you know, pounding the rock with Robinson actually played uh, very well into their hands. In terms of their receiving game, Terry McLaurin had eight receptions for 105 yards. They were very soft against him, didn't really play a ton of man coverage. I mean, they... You know, when they had their main coverage, they just had him in terms of, you know, playing very off. They had the corners playing off. So, um, you know, Fabian Moreau, he's going to be on him. We need to know how to tackle this game. That's what I will say. I mean, the running game has been very unfixable. I think that's mostly a talent issue. Landon Collins is coming back. So maybe we get some sort of movement in terms of stopping the run, but... 
There's also a rumor going around that Tay Crowder might be a healthy scratch. And, you know, I've shit on Tay Crowder a lot. I really didn't like what he said on social media. But at the same time, I mean, you need as many linebackers as possible. And Jalen Smith really isn't getting the job done at the Mike linebacker position. In terms of other receivers, Jahan Dotson, five receptions, 54 yards, one touchdown. I'm definitely expecting him to get more of a increased role. And then Curtis Samuel, six catches, 63 yards. He's also a factor in the running game. I think he had three uh, rushes for about 23 yards against the Giants. So um, definitely look for that dual threat. Before we go to the defense, just wanted a headline, uh, headline, excuse me, some offensive top performers from the Giants, Daniel Jones. Um, not really too much in the passing game. He did throw a touchdown, obviously, to Isaiah Hodgins. Uh, 12 carries, 71 yards. Barkley, still not efficient in that game. 18 carries, 63 yards, and a touchdown, 3.5 yards per carry. And then in the receiving game, Darius Slayton, 6 catches, 90 yards. And Isaiah Hodgins, 5 receptions, 44 yards, and a touchdown. I mean, he's had a touchdown in two straight weeks. He is someone I would look uh, to watch for if you're a Commanders fan, Isaiah Hodgins, know the name. Not that he's any dynamic threat at receiver, but he's been used really well, and he's making the most of his opportunities these last few weeks. Um, with that being said, we move on to the defensive side of the ball. I'll start with Washington first. Their main top for, top performers, uh, Jonathan Allen, one sack, a tackle for a loss, and a quarterback hit. Danny Johnson, who's a DB, by the way, he was in on blitz, I'm guessing, one sack, a tackle for a loss, a quarterback hit, and Deron Payne was the best defensive player on the field, uh, once, uh, two sacks actually, two tackles for a loss, and two quarterback hits. So those are the top performers defensively for Washington coming off the last game. And then this game, I should say not this game, last game for the New York Giants, well actually, I don't know where I'm at, my head's fucking all over the place. Um, but two games ago, Dexter Lawrence, a sack, a tackle for a loss, two quarterback hits. Kayvon Tibbs, sack, a tackle for a loss, two quarterback hits. Uh, Jihad Ward, a sack, a forced fumble, two quarterback hits. Justin Ellis, a sack, a tackle for a loss, and a quarterback hit. And Aziz Ojolari, I mean, he's been a wrecking force ever since coming back. He is the second leading sacker on this team. Sack, no tackle for a loss, but a forced fumble and two quarterback hits, so... Definitely, once again, another player to watch. Moving very quickly here, uh, some questions to answer if you are the New York Giants. Questions I want answered personally, but you know, not all of them will probably get answered. Will Daniel Jones have enough time to throw the ball? Um, obviously, Evan Neal had one of his worst games against the Eagles, and Andrew Thomas had the worst game of the season against the Eagles. So... Try to fix that up on the tackle side. Um, hopefully they can keep it clean. But the thing is as well, something worse than tackle pressure is interior pressure. And um, Deron Payne, Jonathan Allen, those guys know how to do that. And we don't have good pass protectors. I mean, Nick Gates, he's a solid pass protector. Bredesen, if he goes in there, I think he'll be up for a challenge against Jonathan Allen and against Deron Payne because he's come back from IR. But I think it's still a better alternative than John Feliciano. And Glowinski's not very good in pass protection either. Um, can Saquon show up in prime time? Yeah, I mean, he had a touchdown against the uh, the Cowboys, you know, Monday Night Football. 
He also had a, a touchdown against them on Thanksgiving, so I don't know if you want to consider that prime time. But, um, you know, he needs to show up here. Obviously, he hasn't been efficient in the last few weeks. He said he had one of the best practices of the season. So, cash in on that. Cash in on that. Tell people, listen, I'm still the still, I'm still the same Saquon Barkley. Um, will Brightwell and Jones be used more? Once again, that comes with what Mike Kafka wants to do in terms of the running game. You know, they're obviously prepping for Daniel Jones to be a runner in this game, but also Gary Brightwell has been used more in the last few weeks as a runner. So, um, you know, they'll be prepping for that. Does Isaiah Hodgins get his third touchdown in three games? It's possible. I mean, he had his first touchdown against the Commanders, second against the Eagles. So it's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting. Um, does Ben Bredesen play, causing the O-line to change up a little bit? I think he does come off IR. I think he does play. I just don't know if he'll start. If he does start, thank the Lord. But um, he's got to push Feliciano out of the lineup somehow, whether it's, you know, this guy, that guy, whatever. Bredesen gates and Glowinski on the interior that's the best case scenario right now no jack anderson no tyree phillips um can the giants replicate the pressure and sacks on heineke they got to him very very well the last time out um i think it was five sacks 12 quarterback hits azizo jolari Kayvon tibbs those guys were factors and leonard williams also was a factor uh obviously not on the stat sheet he had one quarterback hit but, you know, he paved the way for Justin Ellis to get his first full sack in the NFL. He's coming back this game, most likely. And they have a new center. Nobody's really talked about that. They have Nick Martin at center now. So, you know, Nick Martin's obviously, he's an, he's an average solid guard um, who also can play center. So we'll see if the O-line gels. And they've had time to gel a little bit, you know, obviously off the bye week. Um, can the Giants tackle on defense and cover it at an average level? Uh, I see a very much bend-but-don't-break man coverage type of game, and I know that's very tough to say, you know, tough to s distinguish, but I think what killed them more against the Commanders the last time out was tackling more than it was coverage. You could say, oh, you know, McLaurin was roasting Fabian Murrow, this, that, and the other thing. You know what? Fabian Murrow really hasn't played well in the last few weeks, but he's not a corner one either. With that being said, Zion Gilbert, missing a tackle on Jahan Dotson and him just floating into the end zone, Fabian Moreau missing a tackle and Terry McLaurin just floating in the end zone. That's two touchdowns right there. That's 14 points. And I'm not saying that they wouldn't have gotten the end zone. Eventually, maybe the giants would have made a stop. The if game is very fun to play, but to stop talking about the if game and to stop talking, Oh, if we beat the commanders, then this, this, and this, no, you need to beat the commanders. Now, now is the time going to Washington. Daniel Jones plays really well against them, but also primetime is stacked against him. Win this fucking game. Does Dane Belton play, and does Landon Collins help the run defense at all? I have no idea why Dayton Belton isn't playing. I think more Giant fans need to ask this. And, you know, he didn't play a ton against the Lions. Actually, he may have been inactive. I know he was inactive for one of the games these last few games. Um, I think it was a Cowboy game, to be honest. But, you know, his last full game was against the Texans, and I think he needs to play more. Jason Pinnock, I mean, he's decent, but, uh, you know, when he's put in conflict on defense and he gets a lot of snaps, he's not very good. 
just going to be completely honest and listen that's the value you get for jason pinnock a waiver claim former sixth round pick of the jets who was a corner can't expect too much um but dane belton in my opinion does need to play and you know what's the uh what's the negative at this point with dane belton right how worse can he be going into also the landon collins question does he help the run defense at all i've been kind of calling his name the last few weeks i'm like how worse can he be than jalen smith take crowder obviously it's kicked in with the giants coaching staff so landon collins hopefully you have a good revenge game um and yeah so keys to win and then a prediction and then we're going to go to the interview keys to win in my opinion control the clock is one control the clock last game they got too much time of possession and obviously they had their own mistakes the giants did on and off take advantage but you gotta control the clock this is a ground and pound game this ain't some offensive fucking powerhouse where it's patrick Mahomes versus josh allen no absolutely not um it's gonna be saquon barkley versus brian robinson and the two defenses matching up so that's number one number two limit the chung plays on defense yeah you can't really give up the explosive play this game and tackling is a big part of that whether you're giving up big run plays which really don't equate to 30 points or give a big pass plays to Terry McLaurin you don't tackle Jahan Dotson as well I mean it's just not going to help the defense and it's not going to help the offense because we already know this offense can't score 25 points they can barely score 20 on a good day um you know you need to help out your offense as much as possible and you know the defense best thing you can do is get after the quarterback sack the quarterback create pressure and get off the field so control the clock limit chunk plays and uh for the giants man just be efficient i don't even know what to say anymore because i kind of rotate between run the ball pass the ball whatever um you know i really didn't go off on a tangent last game about my calf gone first down and all this other stuff because it, it didn't help um the defense obviously gave up 48 points but the offense i mean you know it's like it's a moot point at this point but sometimes i will point it out uh, just be efficient on the offensive side of the ball. Just try to put up as many points as possible. I know that's obviously the object of every game, but in this game, it's it's very important for the Giants and for them to win the game. Overall, though, I'm going to take a sip, give you guys my prediction. My prediction is the Giants get a victory, 21-20. Call me a homer if you want. I think the Giants have an edge for this game. They have a need for this game, and I think they will rise to the occasion. So, 21-20 Giants. Now we move to the interview with Manuel Chakuba from Talking Sports with Manny on YouTube. All right, so now we are here with Talking Sports with Manny. He has his own podcast, YouTube channel, all that sort of stuff. Manny, how do you feel coming into this very pivotal game for both NFC East teams? Look, I'm not going to lie, man. I'm kind of scared. I'm kind of scared because the winner of this game is most likely a lock in the playoffs, regardless of what happens the rest of the way. You can win this game and lose the last three and still sneak into the playoffs. That's how pivotal this game is. And it's winner take all. Then we are at our house, and it's Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones still scares me. For some reason, Daniel Jones plays well versus Washington. So I'm not going to lie. I'm scared. I'm scared. It's going to be a nerve-wracking game for me. I feel the same way knowing that the Giants aren't very good on primetime. So first question for you is do you and I, I probably know the answer to this do you think sticking with Heineke over Wentz is a good move for the commanders and the locker room yes and no <laughs> I just had this debate with somebody else 
Taylor Heineke is a backup. Most likely the, the best backup in the NFL. Taylor Heineke for two to three games in a season, I'm all for it. Taylor Heineke for more than seven games in a season, I don't like it. And he can't make the throws. That was the reason why we couldn't beat the Giants the last time. Yes, he brought them back, to, took them to overtime. Some of those throws are lucky. Like, that was a magical fourth-down conversion that he had. Carson Wentz can make all the throws, and everybody's mad at Carson Wentz because of how he started out the year. But we didn't have that offensive line. We didn't have this defense, and we didn't have the running game. So, at least, let's see what Carson Wentz looks like with all three factors. So, yeah, I would say Wentz over Heineke, even though I do love Heineke, but he's just not an He's not a starter. He's not an NFL starter. Moving on, uh, last game, you were talking about that offensive line just a tad. Tyler Larson left the game with a season-ending injury. What's your assessment on – I think it's Nick Martin who's slotted to play center. What's your assessment on him, and how do you think he will match up? How do you think he will play with the rest of the line? I mean, they had a bye week to gel, so. Yeah, Nick Martin is trash, man. This guy, he has he doesn't have a connection. He, 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 he high snipes the ball. And the good thing is the team is going to go with Wes Schweitzer who's really a right guard, but he can play left guard. He can play center. He's not the best center, but he's a really good interior offensive line. So with Wes Schweitzer, I'm more confident. I'm like, ah, all right. We don't got to deal with Nick because, you know, Larson was our second guy. We had another guy that I can't even think of his name right now. Our main center has been hurt back and forth. And I've been telling guys that, hey, it's time to start looking for a center. Like in a draft, you need to just draft one in the first three rounds. You need one. You know, it's imperative. Like you keep you know, these same uh, injuries every single year. And Nick Martin is not it, man. He's not it. With Nick Martin being in there, I mean, you guys have a great interior pass rush. Y'all are going to destroy Nick Wright, okay? He's going to – whatever – Nick Wright, Nick Martin, whatever his name is, you know, he's just not very good. And I'm glad that Wes Weiser is going to take over that center position. And I, I'm more confident with Wes Weiser. And he's going to be in there with Tri Turner and Andrew Norwell. To be correct. Yes, which 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 I don't like. Uh, <laughs> those two guards that, that that you mentioned, those are guys that are accomplished, you know, Pro Bowlers, All Pro uh, caliber guys in their day. They're much older, much slower, and they're being derailed by injuries. Uh, especially Turner, he started out the year hurt. They've gotten better as the season has gone on. It's like the more you run the ball, the better they look. You have these guys in pass protection. They're pretty, pretty terrible. So, ah, uh, the interior of our line isn't the best, but there is some talks that Samuel Cosme, who was our right tackle that we drafted last year in the second round, he's going to be playing a lot of right guard. I don't know if he starts at the right guard position this, this game, but you're going to see a lot of Cosme at right guard. He's very athletic. He's a really good right tackle. But there's even talks that they might draft another right tackle next year and kick him to right guard. So if he plays some right guard, then it kind of solidifies that interior offensive line. So I do like that. And just one more question coming off of that. <clears throat> I mean, I don't, I don't know how your backup tackles have played. I think Cornelius Lucas is your backup. Would you be scared that he goes up against Dezizo Jolari? No, because Cornelius Lucas is one of the best swing tackles in all of football. Okay, he was a guy that the Bears didn't want. They let him go. And then uh, uh, Leno as well. He's another guy that the Bears had that they didn't want. And Leno has been a really solid left tackle. And I like Cornelius Lucas really at the right tackle. That's why you're able to kick over Cosme to the right guard. 
because Cornelius Lucas is so versatile. So I'm actually very confident in Cornelius Lucas. The right tackle position isn't our problem. It's that left tackle position, even though that Charles, I mean, yeah, Charles Leno has been solid all season. It's still an area of concern. If one of those two guys get hurt, then it's kind of like, okay, we have no depth after those two guys. You know, uh, Sadiq Charles, who was our guard slash tackle, he's out. You know, so we have some injuries on, on that offensive line. But I, I, Cornelius Lucas is solid. Trust me, he's more than a backup. He's more than capable of being a starter. Moving on a little bit towards – actually, you know what? I forgot one question. Um, he made a very, very nice, and this is underestimating it, spin move on one of our DBs for a touchdown the last time. I want to get your thoughts on this. Who do you think gets more attention this game, Curtis Samuel or Jahan Dotson? I would say Curtis Samuel because Curtis Samuel has been more consistent all year. Granted, Jahan Dotson started the year, I think, four games, four touchdowns total. So he did have some splash plays, but that was with Carson Wentz. They have that connection. Carson Wentz didn't have that connection with Terry. So I think this game, I mean, because Curtis Samuel, I haven't looked, I have not looked at the numbers recently, but I do believe that Curtis Samuel is second in targets after Terry. Um, he might even be the lead guy in targets. He might be. I, I'm not even, you know, quite sure. So I think that Curtis Samuel gets more attention than Jahan Dotson. Jahan Dotson just came back from, from injury, and him and Heineke are still trying to work together to kind of get some kind of connection going. So I'll say Curtis Samuel over Jahan Dotson. Finally moving to the defensive side of the ball a little bit. Uh, Montez Sweat didn't have as much of an impact as I thought he would last game. He had one tackle for loss, no quarterback hits or sacks. Why do you think he had a minimal impact, or was it just because Deron Payne and Jonathan Allen were playing out of their mind like usual and they were taking the attention away? You know, with a guy like Sweat, sometimes he's a guy that, I don't want to say that he takes plays off or takes games off. He's sporadic. Some, some games he'll give you, a, you know, big, big plays. Like right now, he's third in sacks on the team. He has seven-plus sacks. And then Deron Payne and Jonathan Allen both have over uh, uh, seven-plus sacks as well. So you have three guys, and it's just, it just all depends on who's having the hot hand. Sometimes it's sweat. Sometimes it's pain. But with a game where Chase Young might be coming back, you might see Montez Sweat have more of an impact. I do believe that you guys have some solid tackles. I used to laugh at you guys' tackles in terms of Thomas and uh, the, the, it was somebody else that you guys just grabbed recently. I used to laugh at you guys' tackles, but you guys' tackles are pretty solid. And maybe you, I got to give credit to the Giants' offensive line. I think they did a pretty good job against Sweat. Sweat is a pretty good player, but sometimes it's like, man, where are you? You know, we need you to be dominant sometimes. And then, you know, whether it's the scheme, whether it's how they're playing, whether maybe like the two defensive tackles are starting, I don't know, whatever the case may be, sometimes Sweat doesn't get after it. So it might be a combination of things. But this could be a game where Sweat comes up big with a sack maybe two. With the bye week, obviously, last week, do you think Chase Young gets a free reign in terms of snaps? And what side do you think he's going to play on? I think he's going to be matched up against the weaker offensive tackle. I think they're going to let Montez Sweat play, you know, you guys' left tackle. And, you know, maybe Chase Young goes after the right tackle. Also, he's going to be, he's going to be on a snap count, in my opinion. I think you're going to see Chase Young more in a role of, on third downs, they're going to send, you know, maybe four or five, maybe five uh, defensive linemen at one time and no linebackers, no blitzes. You're just going to just see him being deployed in those passing situations. It just makes sense. Ease him on in. Any snap of Chase Young is just going to help the team. 
You know, it's just going to give you like that extra guy to look at. And maybe he comes in there and he stinks it up. Maybe he comes in there and they contain him pretty, you know, pretty well. I think it was a, a battle between Thomas and, and, and Young back in the day and, you know, back in college where I think Thomas dominated uh, Chase Young in college or some kind of like senior bowl or something. So then I think most recently it's been Chase having a better, you know, uh, games versus Thomas. So we'll see. Maybe he wants to be matched up against Thomas. And I, I don't know. But I, I do think he's going to be, be on a super, super snap count. So I don't really don't know what his production is, is, is going to look like. But I'm excited to find out. Moving a little further into the game, what do you think is something that the commanders should take advantage of based off of what you guys saw the last game against the Giants? Oh, man. You guys run defense is trash. Sorry. It's an underestimation. From what I saw, I mean, from what I saw last game, I don't know what you guys have done because I don't watch, you know, Giants. But from the last game, we were able to control the clock. You can't lie. Come on. That first half, Brian Robinson Jr. was having his way with, with that defense. And, it, I mean, it was surprising to me that Scott Turner would choose to now start passing the ball when they were actually moving the ball and gaining some positive yards. So I think the run game should be a factor. You're going to see not only Brian Robinson Jr., you're going to see Antonio Gibson, and you're also going to see Jonathan Williams as well. You're going to see a three-headed rushing attack versus this weak Giants <laughs> defense. Okay, you guys are not trash, but the defense didn't play well against the run. So I can see a potential where you guys are getting gassed. I mean, maybe because, you know, as the game goes on, that's where Brian Robinson Jr. gets stronger. So that's one of the keys to winning the game. Yeah, I mean, you said it. I think it's an underestimation, but the, our run defense is completely garbage. Just to, okay. just to put it out there. Okay. Um, I mean, I, I didn't know. If, I didn't know if you guys were good and just had like an off day. But from what I saw, Brian Robinson Jr. was on his way to 140 yards. I look. I I, I promise you, I was honestly thinking that he was going to have a huge running day, and then they just stopped running the ball. And I think the reason why Washington stopped running the ball was because they saw, I think it was Fabian Moreau, former Washington <laughs> commander's corner. He's terrible, man. And I think they saw him matched up against Terry and said, you know what? That's the weak link. But it ended up getting us out of our game plan. Like, I understand you have Fabe guarding Terry and he can't guard him. But at the same time, it took us away from what we naturally do well, which is run the ball. When we, when we run the ball more than we pass, Good things happen. When we do the opposite, it's kind of like, well, we might win, we might lose. You know what I'm saying? Moving on as well, uh, kind of the opposite side. What do you think the commanders focused on? Actually, um, before that question, what is what is something you think the commanders should work on based off what you saw last game? Oh, man. Like, how just <laughs> like, can, can, can we create some turnovers? Can we contain – the Giants, how can I put it nicely? Depleted wide receiving group. Because you guys are depleted. I mean, it's like there should be no reason why your receivers dominated. They dominated. I mean, um, Hodges, uh, yeah, I had a slot guy. Is it James? Richie James? Richie James in the slot, yes. Yeah, he played well. I mean, collectively, as a whole, Slayton had a play. Some guy Big 55 like, yarder. Yeah, exactly. So those are things that we cannot allow to happen. I understand that our best corner, Benjamin St. Juice, missed the game. But that should not be an excuse to where we can't stop these guys. I mean, we pl we've played better receiving cores like Dallas and, and Philly and have done well versus a guy like A.J. Green. But I think the key is making sure that we have our corners healthy. Now, if our corners are healthy, 
Benjamin St. Juice have been practicing. If he comes back and we perform how we did in the last game, then I got to give it to him. I look, Daniel Jones is our father, okay? We cannot contain Daniel Jones. He's going to get a long run. He's going to get a long pass. And that just means that Daniel Jones, he owns Washington. I mean, that's just all I can think of because your receiving core is not what we all thought it would be at this point in the season. And it's gotten worse because of injuries and non-production. You know, you got Tony, you got Galladay, all that didn't work out. And these guys, Hodges, you know what I'm saying? It's like, so we have to do a better job of containing the Giants wide receiver. If not, we're in trouble because we've not even mentioned Saquon Barkley yet. Saquon's going to get his. We have a really good rush defense, but eventually Saquon's going to be Saquon. So we have to contain these Giants wide receivers. If not, we are in big trouble. What do you think the commanders focused on most when studying the Giants on the bye week? You know what? They have to, I think, they need to figure out how can they create more turnovers. You got Daniel Jones. I call Daniel Jones Daniel Apple turnover Jones. But he hasn't been that versus us, you know? So it's like, how can we bait Daniel Jones into those untimely interceptions, into those, you know, fumbles every now and again? They did it, and then they stopped. It's like they couldn't get to him. And when they got to him, yeah, yeah, like you get a sack here, here, here or there. But you couldn't really put pressure, consistent pressure on Daniel Jones. I think coming out of the bye week, they need to figure out how can they get off the field on third downs and how can they apply more pressure to Daniel Jones to where they're making him throw rather than run. And also, you need a spy on Daniel Jones. He's very athletic. He knows how to get out of the pocket. And if you have no spy or if you don't have contain, he's going to get 10 to 20, 15 yards. You know what I'm saying? On a run. Like he's he's done that in the past and he might do it again. So it's containing it's containing Daniel Jones on the run and actually creating pressure to then cause him to have some turnovers. Yeah, I mean, personally, me coming into the question before asking you, my main thought was they gotta contain Daniel Jones on the ground because he's had success every <laughs> single time. Every time, man. Every single time. But moving in to uh the latter part of the game prep. Two X-Factors for the Commanders on Sunday. Number one has to be Brian Robinson Jr. I mean, that's the guy. And then I would say another wide receiver outside of Terry. Terry's going to get his. If you target Terry ten times, he's going to catch seven. So who on the other side or who can help Terry? Could it be Antonio Gibson? So another receiving threat. I won't say wide receiver. Another receiving threat. Can it be Antonio Gibson? Can it be Logan Thomas? Where are you? I haven't seen you for years. Um, can it be Jahan Dotson? Does he finally get a connection with Taylor Heineke? Could it be a random guy like uh, Dayami Brown catching a long 70-yard bomb? Wishful thinking. So somebody else needs to step up as a receiving threat outside of Terry to kind of make the defense honest. Like, because we know where the ball is going to. And you can feed Terry, feed Terry, feed Terry. But when you get into the end zone or the red zone and you don't score touchdowns, it really doesn't matter, right? So Moving forward, uh, two X-Factors for the Giants, one on offense, Ooh. one on defense. On offense, I would say Hodges. I like that kid. I like that kid. I just got to know him. I played some dynasty uh, football, so I knew of him, but I, I, did, I didn't really know him. I definitely know him now. He scored, what, two weeks in a row. I think Hodges is a big target. He's hard to tackle. He's hard to tackle. That was the scouting report coming into the NFL, and that still stands – I mean, till today, he's still hard to – so I think he's going to be an X factor for you guys. And then on defense, you can go so many different ways. Um, I think your pass rush, 
your pass rush. I can't really pinpoint and say this guy or that guy. Your pass rush. Your interior pass rush. I mean, your edges. I mean, you guys are – that defensive line is stacked, man. That defensive line is stacked for sure. But uh, finally closing it out, what's your prediction for this game? Who takes the victory? And where can people find you, your work, social media? Okay. So I think the Commanders win this game 27-20. to 20. Um, I think the defense plays strong. We haven't allowed anybody to score more than 20 points within this last eight-week stretch. Um, so, yeah, I think Washington pulls it out. It's going to be a close game. It's going to be something random that gets that, you know, score done. Uh, maybe like a defensive sack at the end to kind of end the game. The Giants will have the ball trying to, you know, tie the game or something of that nature. So I think we pull it out by 7, 27 to uh, 20. That's my prediction. You guys can find me on YouTube, Talking Sports with Manny. You guys can find me um, on the audio version of the Back Row Commander Show. And um, you guys can also find me on Twitter at Manny Chakuba.